You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access Live. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email our show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. We are live on YouTube and Twitter tonight. Saturday Night Live version of uh, Packers Total Access. Really, it's more Packernet because we got on the line with us tonight. Pack Daddy Ryan Schlipp himself, and we've also got Jacob from uh, the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. So, first of all, guys, um, this is usually where we go around the horn and ask how everybody's doing. Um, for the sake of time, let's don't do that, all right? So just give me a <laughs> thumbs up if everything's okay in your life, right? We good? All right, well, okay, Jacob said kind of. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We uh, we popped a question in one of our Discord chats uh, for the uh, listeners to Packernet After Dark and just said, hey um, – what would you guys like us to talk about tonight? So they gave us three topics we're going to hit on, but also I'm sure we'll go off the cuff and, and talk about other things as well. So I'm going to go to the first question here. Um, and we're going to start. What's that? Elevated Shine is in the building. The comments already. Oh, no. What, what have we already done? Here we go. Time to get weird. Yep. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, bro. It's going to get really weird up in here. Um, all right. So first question. Defensive scheme adjustment. Okay, <clears throat> this comes in for from Strit eighty Strits eighty one. Um, kind of sounds like a stripper name, but we'll move on here. Can you guys address the defensive potential growth from week one to the playoffs? Can Coach Barry continue to recognize the individual talents of the players and adapt to their abilities rather than force them to do his scheme that wasn't very popular last season? I think the defense can make some impacts on games that teams aren't going to expect. Um, I know this was a big topic last year, Ryan, uh, during the season. Um, you heard one of two things, especially after the broken thumb. What the heck's wrong with Rodgers? Let's see love. And the other thing was, why is Joe Barry playing uh, playing the DB so far off the line of scrimmage? Right? I heard that so much <laughs> last year. Um, I said it. I, I said it. Yeah, I'm still saying I think, it. I think everybody did at some point, right? And, you know, I'm not a – I'm not a defensive guru expert. If there's anything that I'm a little bit better at than the other, it's definitely the offensive side of the ball. That's something I'm a little more interested in. But when it comes to that Fangio-style scheme, there's a lot more to it than just, hey, put Jair Alexander on Justin Jefferson, right? There's a little more to it than that. However, it seems like there was quite the adjustment in season, right? I mean, you could see from time to time they started to let certain players travel, you know, and they started giving them more freedom. Now, I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, but in the Miami game at halftime, they said Jerry Gray went absolutely ballistic on the DBs. They said that he he basically tried to run everybody out of the locker room. They came out in the second half and played lights out. Now, obviously, Jerry Gray's no longer here. He's the new assistant coach in Atlanta. And I kind of hit on that on the pod the other day. Um, I wonder, you know, let me also say this as I turn it over to you, Ryan. They did mention last year in a presser, I can't remember what game it was after, but they made it sound as if they were going to let the players have a little more freedom 
and line up where they wanted to on the field. So when I seen them playing off in certain situations, I never looked at that and said, that's Joe Barry there. Joe Barry's making them play off the off, you know, off the uh um off the line of scrimmage, right? Hey, we're already off cuff. I'm gonna go to Matt Ramage live at Lambeau Field. I just seen it here. Matt, you look stupid today. <laughs> look at those glasses, dude. Go back to you now. We don't want to see the stage. Look at them glasses. Now, that's pretty. That's, that's a good. That's, what's going on over there? <laughs> He's got a Nirvana. Must be Nirvana. <laughs> you look stupid. Hey. Okay. <laughs> hey. I love it. I, I, hey, man, we appreciate you dropping in. I know what you mean. That's about all I got. You know what I mean? All right, man, we'll let you get back to your concert, Maddie. Appreciate you, brother. Can't hear a word you're saying. All right, so <laughs> that was Matt Ramage live from Lambeau Field. He's actually at the float. He's still talking, too. He's not on screen, but he's still talking. God That's love right. <laughs> he's uh, at the Flow Rider concert down there. I think I said that right. Is it Rada? You can't say Rider, right? It's Flow Rider. No hard R. No. All right. No hard R. <laughs> hey, <laughs> stay away from the That did not come out right. That's not <laughs> careful. This is All what right. happens when you go live on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um so anyway, he's he's out at Lambeau Field. They're having a concert out there. You can see they're right in front of the uh, Color Lodge at Titletown. Um, pretty cool for Matt to drop in. We appreciate him doing that. Um, anyway, back to the question. Ryan, defensive adjustments, man. What do you think about this defense? Um, do, you, do you think that they're going to have a little more freedom this year? Because um, my, my perspective is simply this. You go all through training camp and you've got a game plan. And when that game plan goes awry early in the season, you don't just scrap the entire season game plan. Okay, guys, we're doing this. So it's probably a little bit different this year. But how do you feel about that question? Well, I mean, as far as like scrapping the Fangio, that's not a thing. I mean, the, you know, there are things that you can do within it, but we're not going to start running a completely different defense. This is what Joe Barry does. I mean, this is why he was brought in here. So I'm hoping that we can make some level of, of adjustments within the scheme that he runs to make things run better. And I think we saw it at the end of last year. And um, that, like you said, I think that is part of the problem. It's hard to make fast adjustments. And when now that we have an idea of what our guys do best, I'm hoping we can pick up where we left off last year and um, start off with that plan as opposed to whatever garbage plan we started off with last year. Yeah, do you, do you remember – how well they finished. It seemed like there was a stretch there toward the end of the season where they were they were kind of toward in, in the upper half. Yeah, right? it was it was after the bye. They said they made some adjustments. I don't I'm not smart enough to know what those adjustments were, but after the bye, they said they tweaked a few things. And yeah, they were uh I know they were top ten, potentially top five defense. It was only four games, but still, I mean it's a significant shift yeah. from what we'd seen all year. That might be something worth uh diving into on Chalk Talk and trying to look at those last four games and see if right. we can really pick up on what happened. Jacob, what do you think, man? I know you were one of the guys saying, for God's sakes, it's third and one. Why are you playing all the way back to the uh, back to the old Kmart parking lot right now? Right. So what do you uh, think, man? Yeah, definitely. I was one of those guys that'd be screaming that throughout the chat while the game's going on. I guess what I'll say for, I guess, my thought on defense, uh, just to me, I this is a little bit of a side point, but Razul, Jair, and who else was not there, I believe, for OTAs? Jair um, well, obviously is a little bit Keyshawn too, right? Keyshawn Nixon was not there. So, <clears throat> um, 
that being said, you know, I would have loved to see all the guys there. We talked about it earlier. I think it was like 83 out of 90 of the guys were there. Um, weirdly, Jonathan Garvin, again, does not go to the OTAs, which is just weird. Like, uh, I don't know. If you're going to make the roster, try to at least go there, I would say. <laughs> um, that's just weird to me. I, I don't know. He's very confident. Um, but just in general, I mean, what do we have? Eight number one draft picks on defense? So... I would expect a lot. I know we say this going into most years, but I'm on the fence of whether or not I like Joe Barry or don't like Joe Barry anymore. I honestly don't. I don't know. I just don't quite know. I like the adjustments, like Ryan said, to the second, uh, the back half of the season last year. And I thought that we, the guys kind of reacted well. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, Clayton, I think you've talked about it on uh, certain situations where it's like, it was weird that the players seemed to dictate the defensive scheme at times. Mm-hmm. which that just to me doesn't scream confidence, but um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm hopeful and um, I really like our edge rotation this year. I really like our linebackers. I'd like to see Quay going into his second year being a little more confident, hopefully a little more disciplined. Um, and then we have our three, you know, star D backs quote unquote. And then um, I'm really nervous about the safety position, but um, I don't know, man, I just, uh, this time of year is reserved for hopefulness, I think. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, and the way I seen it, really, when we got – when I did Chalk Talk episodes and broke down the defensive <laughs> plays that really hurt us in the game, right? Um, and Blaine in the chat, check, check, your, uh, check your DMs on Twitter, bro. You got an inbot. Now, listen, don't be popping on the webcam and have your top off, all right? I don't know what to expect here. They're going to be gonna be sitting there eating up. He's totally gummy. Account. Holding Can I ask tom- a question? Holding a tomahawk ribeye with no shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't handle that. Sorry, I just noticed I got accepted to a new Discord chat, and now I'm seeing all these random messages that I've never seen before. What is that, and what is happening? I'm trying to be serious, and I'm trying to focus in on what's happening here, and it's not working. I don't know. What I would do is look at the structure of that Discord chat and see if it makes a pyramid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's uh, we'll have Jim draw it up on the board for you. Now, but you do have an invite. Um, anyway, the defense. Let's try to keep this thing on the rails here. Um, you know – when, when I broke down the tape, I seen several situations where it's like, why did why did Ja not play tighter on that play? Now it comes down to, okay, did Joe Barry tell him, no, play eight yards off the ball? Guys, Joe Barry didn't say to do that. Now, they probably went over stuff in the meeting that week where they said, hey, look, if we come out, if they come out in a tray set, if they come out in a stack, whatever kind of look, then Ja, you play eight yards off, you play here. But that's where the player has got to have the mindset of you got to know each situation, you've got to know down and distance right here. We've really got to snug up. And and then later on in the season, when they said in the presser, we give our players the freedom to line up where they want to line up. That's why I put it on the players. Now, you couple that with Ja, and Ja had a great year. Don't get me wrong. He really rebounded later in the year. But when you've seen him botting on double moves and getting beat deep, and then everybody's going, for God's sakes, Barry's a horrible defensive coordinator. I'm going, listen, he, he might be a bad defensive coach. But that doesn't make him a bad defensive coordinator. There's two totally different things there. You know, as a coordinator, you're drawing up a game plan. You're scheming against your opponent. As a coach, you're coaching these guys up during the week on how to handle certain situations, right? Um, so were the players not prepared? I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. The fact that Jerry Gray ate their lunch at halftime in Miami doesn't tell me he was mad at Joe Barry. It tells me he was mad at the players, right? Now, remove Jerry Gray completely from the equation. He's gone now, right? And then you look 
at this offseason, Jair isn't at OTAs. Russell Douglas isn't at OTAs. Keyshawn Nixon isn't at OTAs. I'm going. It's hard for me to blame Barry here. Now, are they are they protesting? I don't know. That'll get around the internet now, and we'll be blamed for starting that rumor. I'm just saying, don't throw that are in you, the air. Are you right? just possibly you're saying because of the fact that Jerry Gray left? Or um, I, I just think in general, if they're they if they're promote him, maybe or if there's division between them and Joe Barry, and this is their response is, well, we're just not going to practice. I'm right. sorry, I put that on the players. That's not the right way to handle. It, you know. Right. And uh, that's just kind well, of how I see that. And that's if you listen to what the comments were last year when they were constantly being pressed, even Matt LaFleur, he constantly put it on the players. I mean, every time that they threw it at, you know, the media would go at Joe Barry with what's going on. His response was always, well, no scheme is going to work if the players aren't executing it right. You know, and essentially saying the play calls aren't the problem. It's the guys don't know what the, and we saw that. How many blown coverages yeah. did we see all year long? We knew that the guys were confused. I mean, yeah, it's up to the the defensive coordinator to some degree to, if they can't handle it, to dumb it down, I guess. But we're going into year two of the scheme. He expected these guys to be ready to play and know what to do, and they're going out there with no idea what they're doing. Yep. You know, I, I I guess blame falls a little bit on both, but at some point with this talented defense, it's not just Joe Barry's head that's on the line. If you're going to be called a talented defense, you got to be able to execute at least a basic level of thing that half the league is running. You know, that's I can't sit here and call you elite football players if you can't do it. So, right. you know, I, I I think if they can, th- there has to be a marriage between Joe Barry finding out what fits the guys and the guys actually doing the job properly. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it, the PFF grades line up exactly with what Coach LaFleur said. And then when you start the first half of the season, Darnell Savage playing free safety, hot garbage, right? And then all of a sudden, Rudy Ford plugs in. And Rudy Ford has a couple of elite grades and plays out of his mind. So what's that tell you? Nothing right. changed within the scheme. Rudy Ford played within the scheme. Rudy right. Ford, you know, he 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 recognizes keys within the defense. Now, Adrian Amos, again, he struggled, right? What did the PFF grade suggest? That he had a bad year. So now Amos isn't back. It amazes me how so many people, man, they bash PFF. But Amos has a horrible season. And everybody's expecting the Packers to bring him back, and they don't bring him back. It's like there's something else that lines up. I'm just saying, yeah. like they 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 tend to be more, they tend to be right or correct uh, way more often than they are incorrect, in my opinion. But uh, John Dorn here in the chat said, um, <clears throat> "I heard Lafleur will be more involved on the on the defense." I think Lafleur's kind of got his hands full, and I haven't heard that, John. I'm sure it's true, buddy. Um, I, I'd like to know where you heard it from, um, but. Uh, you know, I think LaFleur's kind of got his hands full on offense right now, you know, um, which it was kind of cool. And I know we're talking defense right now, but Ryan, cool to hear uh, who was it the other day that said, uh, was it Tom Tom Clements said, I believe it was Tom Clements said, you know, Jordan Love, there is nothing off limits in this offense for Jordan Love. Like he knows everything, right? Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, just to go with this comment here, it would be really upsetting if Matt LaFleur felt like he needed to be involved in the defense. Then you shouldn't have brought Joe Barry back, right. period. Yeah, right. You know, if, if you if you if he can't handle the defense, he shouldn't be here. So I hope you misheard that, John. And if you yeah. found it, share it with one of us, because I'd love to find that, because that's that's kind of unacceptable if that's the situation we're in. Yeah, yeah. kind of what I thought was that <clears throat> Matt LaFleur has almost gone out of his way to stress that, you know, Joe Barry is here because he does handle the defense yeah. kind of thing. And that Hopefully. was at least his <laughs> his job assigned to him. Can I throw in one random curveball here just as we're in the middle of topics? Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys heard, and this is, <clears throat> I'm sure, going to 
tweak Ryan because I'm a sucker for seventh round draft picks. <laughs> I think they're just amazing. Grant the bonus this year. Get him out. So what I'm going to say, have you guys heard <laughs> that Samori Torre has apparently put on five to 15 pounds of muscle and yep. is looking like a very, very dominant player from, uh, mm. I was, is Vrabel the wide receivers coach? Really? So, so Samori yeah, said it. I, it's actually on tomorrow's podcast. I went through his interview and whatnot. That was one of the things he meant. I think he put on like 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I, I mean, my, my take on that was, I don't know how much that's going to help him. Um, is that going to help him or hurt him? I mean, he, he said that the Packers wanted to do that for durability reasons, which makes sense. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm just worried that maybe being a little lighter was kind of working to his advantage. So we'll see how it how it pans out. But um, yeah, that he has uh, confirmed he put on a bunch of lean weight. I know this man. I put on ten pounds since I joined this <laughs> network, and it ain't lean though, brother. It is not lean. I've got more chins than a Chinese phone book at the moment. We got to get that under control. But uh. Here's Tyler in the chat. Says, "Little late, guys, but I'm here. Welcome to the to the chat, there, Tyler." Um, yeah, you know, as far as Samori Torre, there there was a lot of people talking about him in OTAs. Um, Dontavian Wicks, or he, you know, asked to be called Tay. I guess I'm. I i do not even want to get okay. Tay Wicks. I'm excited to see what he does. I was I was trying to cut up a little bit of tape from him earlier. I'm trying to decide Tucker Craft or or Tay uh, Tay Wicks for the next Chalk Talk segment, but I kind of feel like. The receiving core, as it sits right now, is going to be, you know, and, and this could shuffle. Christian Watson um, and or Jaden Reed, you know, that 1A, 1B. Romeo Dobbs, which Romeo Dobbs, it sounds like, is getting force-fed the ball at OTAs. Maybe they're trying to see, you know, how much he can take at each wide receiver position. And then outside of those three, it's kind of, you know, up in the air. Somebody said the other day, Ron, that Bo Melton ran a 4-3-40. Is that true? Probably. He's a Packer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I read that. He's a Rutgers guy, right? He, he, yeah, he sure don't look, he don't look four three on the field. Um, (laughs) but anyway, um, so now you've got, you know, you got Tay Wicks. I'm trying to, trying to remember everybody on the roster here. Uh, Grant Dubose, right? Yeah. You know, as far as Samori Torre, he's definitely got a a leg up on those guys. Don't you think? I mean, he, he's, he's definitely going to get that number four at which how often are they in four wide sets? You know, it's very rare. They're going to go to a 10 personnel, especially with Luke Musgrave, which heck let's jump into that while we're on it, dude, that dude, when you looked at the camp footage, his yeah. catch radius is looking amazing, man. I'm getting really excited about uh, about Luke Musgrave, Ron. Yeah, I mean, that that clip, and I, I know, you know, shorts, T-shirt, the whole nine yards and everything, and, and maybe the camera had something to do with it. But, man, when that one thing, when you're watching him run past you, and maybe it's just because you're on the field seeing it as opposed to on TV or whatever, but I saw him run past me like, holy crap, this guy is fast. And it's funny, too, because you, you look at the Matt LaFleur uh, press conference and um, – I think the question was asked something like, you know, he, he seems a little different than some of the other tight ends you've had here. And he just smiles and says he is different. So, I mean, I mean, he, he is, I mean, he's a six, six guy. That's gotta be by at least a top five speed guy at tight end. If not top two, top one, I don't know. I mean, his, his speed is insane what he can do and he's a huge target. So I'm beyond excited to see the senior bowl. That, that's that's what I heard, and I'm I've been trying to see dig more into his speed. But if he can do that, like I said, I went back and looked, and I have not found a NFL receiver that has run 20 miles an hour. Not one. 19 is the fastest I've seen. What? And and that really matters, man. I mean, you it's it's one thing to run it at the combine or in a pro day, but when you do it on the field in <laughs> drills, that type of thing. I mean, it just shows you how comfortable he is. And you know, one thing about Aaron being here. 
you know, they were going to run a lot more 11 personnel. Why? You know, they didn't go out and draft any tight ends, and they stuck with, you know, his boy Mercedes Lewis and Bob Tunyon, and they kind of moved them around. And they ran their share of 12 personnel, don't get me wrong, one running back, two tight ends. But Aaron really wanted to be in that 11 personnel. Now that Aaron's gone, I think that's where it's going to shift is to more of that 12 look. Now, will Tucker Craft be able to take on, you know, the playbook and learn it, right? I know he's got the the world by the tail, uh, as we learned on draft night. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit before he grabs every aspect of this offense. Um, but, again, you got Josiah DeGuara. Jo- Josiah DeGuara, if, if Luke Musgrave does come out and flash, right, and he wins that number one tight end spot, and he starts to take some of that attention, Right, and they come to a, come into a twelve personnel look, and Deguara is the second tight end. You might see Deguara pop this yeah. year. You really might. And and I think this is technically the third year, right, because of the injured year. So this was kind of that year that they say, you know, people really come on when it comes to the uh, the uh, tight end position. Um, too old for this in the chat says I am too. <laughs> mediocre. Guys, Musgrave's size isn't supposed to move that fast, man. He is, dude. He's. He's so fluid, and, and when I did that episode on Chalk Talk, that's one of the things that really, really caught my eye was just how how fluid he was in and out of his breaks and his ability to work choice routes, option routes, and just find space and, and, and create enough separation. Guys, that's, that's what Kansas City and Buffalo does. A lot of people don't realize that. Some of these teams, and even a little bit of Cincinnati, they give these veteran targets, these veteran tight ends and receivers – um, a lot of freedom. It's what Devontae Adams did while he was here in yeah. Green Bay. There was many times Aaron said on the McAfee show, I didn't know Tay was going to run that route. Like he has the freedom to do what he wants. Now, I'm not saying we should turn all these young guys loose to do that, but when you get a weapon um, like like a Luke Musgrave that's got that kind of size and speed and you allow him to do things the way Kelsey does, I'm not saying he's going to be a Travis Kelsey. Please don't, don't cut this up and put it on the internet. All right? Don't roast me. I'm just simply saying – if you watch Kansas City's offense, that's exactly what they do. Literally, it's it's Pat Mahomes watching Kelsey read the defense and them stay on the same page with choice routes. That's kind of where the NFL has gone outside of the six-back system in Philly. Um, so another one here I want to hit on before we move too far down. Um, this is uh, too old for this again. He said, there are fans begging for D-Hop, but I'm so excited to see what we have in these guys we've got. I think we hit on this the other day, Ryan. And, and Jacob, you chime in too, man. Uh, I I don't want D Hop. That's just me personally. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm I it doesn't really make sense to me. I went through the a, a litany of reasons, but for the most part, we're we're moving in a new direction as a team. We got a lot of young guys that need to learn to play. This is about even if we're not at our best today, fine. Then we need to be at our best next year. And they don't need to have their their snaps hindered so that it's instead of next year, it's in two years or three years or four years, because we keep bringing in crusty old 34-year-old over the hill veterans. I'm not interested. If we're not ready, we're not ready. It's trial by fire. So we have a bad year. Next year, we're going to come back stronger. That's the bottom line. I'm not afraid of of, of having a, a down year if it means that next year we come back stronger. But I'm not going to keep patching up Band-Aids with not very good football players and think that we're going to limp in with with this kind of stuff. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think those days are gone. You, you agree, yeah. Jacob? No, no D-hop, bro? No. Um, unless he wants to come over for some crazy stupid deal. But then even then, like Ryan said, um, that means that we're completely shifting the whole projection of the offense going forward. And we have, oh God, what do we got? Uh, between our wide receivers, our tight ends, even, I mean, Aaron Jones is not old guys. And then you got AJ yeah. Dillon, our specialty players are, they're, what are they? I, th- I, I want to say that I saw a stat that we have like the league lowest 
average age for <clears throat> quote unquote specialty players or whatever you'd call that. Um, so no, I don't, I don't want them to come and hinder what they could do as a progression. I mean, you look at what Christian Watson did last year and that uh, Clayton, I told you that, what was it? I mean, they lit, he was, he was a number one wide receiver and not just number one, as far as like out of 30 teams, I'm talking, he was the number one fantasy wide receiver for three weeks consistently. Um, if you, you know, if you group it all together kind of thing, he was top three, no matter what, how you do it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the talent is there with Dobbs. I mean, I really do think that Tay Wicks, uh, Grant DeBose, um, and like I said, Samar Tori, we have a lot of young talent and guys that yeah. are hungry. And I don't think that we should tamp down that hunger by just bringing in a guy that is, you bring in D hop and he's guaranteed that he's on the field every oh, yeah. single third down right. he's guaranteed that he's there for every first you know what i'm saying so i don't want that i want people that have well, earned their time there and we can use last year as an example christian watson and romeo dobbs and samori Ture missed out on opportunities because we force fed alan lazard and randall cobb who oh. should not have been on the field period exactly. They, exactly. they just shouldn't have been out there they weren't as good as the guys that we had and even if they had more experience i don't care we have a no, newer younger group of guys that need the experience we don't need alan lazard and randall cobb on the field yeah. yeah, I mean, it truly was the last dance. They were trying to. Right, right. I'm telling you, man, that that comment that Rogers made after the Philly game, you guys, you, you've, we've got to go back and find it. But he was on the McAfee show, and he said, "I went down to get X-rayed, right?" But when he hurt his ribs, yeah, and he started to say something, and he cut himself off and said, "We'll talk about that later." And I immediately, in my mind, and it's funny because McAfee immediately went to what was there like a long line and they wouldn't let you get the x-ray or you know because it's in the bowels of philadelphia stadium we know how that organization and that fan base are they're rabid and they'll do anything to get an advantage i'm going no pat that's not what he's saying something happened i think that whether it was goody in the in the locker room too if it was just lafleur or whoever i think they went to rogers said hey let's sit this out man let's let jordan finish and that ticked them off like they they were trying to go to jordan right then i really believe that Um, so I'm eager to hear that story. It'll come out sooner or later. Oh, yeah. loose, loose lips sink ships, and as soon as he goes on a couple Tuesdays in a row, that's going to come out. I'm telling you, it's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. um, but Garrett in the uh, in the chat, thanks for tuning in, Garrett. Appreciate you, man. He says you can't have too many elite tight ends. That's a fact, and that's another thing about about uh, you know having um, Luke Musgrave is you know you can flex him out in a wide receiver position too. He can play the slot. You can you can go mm-hmm. wide flex with him. And now you're forcing them into a bare minimum of a nickel defense, and you've got a guy running 20 mile an hour. Good luck covering that as a linebacker, right? There's just a lot of things you can do when you tap into the tight end market. We talked about it this offseason, man. I was like, we have got every – it was the final four teams in the playoffs all had solid tight end play, every one of them. Solid yeah. tight end play and solid center play. And it's like we've got to get center fix and we got to get some tight ends in here. Um, and – we kind of nailed it. You know, we were talking about, hey, double dip, double dip in the second and third round at tight end. It didn't make sense with that first pick as much as I love Michael Mayer. Um, the fact that the the talent wasn't too too far below Mayer after that, that I think Goody nailed it. I really do. Um, let's see here. Uh, Elevated Shine said, I've seen a clip of Laporta. He runs so smooth. I hate the Lions. You know, I'm kind of – I think I'm definitely in the minority on this group right here. Um, I, I like the way the Lions handled – the draft personally. And I, and I know I would get roasted for it. That's why I've kept my mouth shut, but I personally like the running back pick and uh, I'm, I'm kind of just laying back going, I, I hope it doesn't work out for the lines. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they come out and they have really good running back play this year. 
Um, but yeah, the Lions, I think they're going in the, I think they're going in the right direction. But like you pointed out in your pod, Ryan, they 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 did make some questionable moves. Like you said, you disagreed with the running back draft pick there, um, and and you made good points. You know, you already kind of had them in house, and you could say, okay, they did go cheaper to get it. But hearing Greg Cosell talk about um, that running back, and I can't remember his name. It's a, I can't. I keep wanting to say Jabba Jameer Jones. Gibbs. Who is it? Gibbs. Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. yeah. He was he was high. I mean, he was he had him right below. Um, you know, the top running back in the draft. Like it, it was like uh B. John Robinson. He was like, you know, don't sleep on this kid. And I was thinking in my mind, I immediately went, if we can get him in the second round, I'd be okay with that because AJ Dillon might not be back next year. I didn't expect him to go in the first round, though, for sure. So anyway, um, don't hate the lines. They drafted a running back and a linebacker in the first silly lines. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm the only person that feels like that was a good pick. And uh, and they traded back much like we did for uh, for uh, for Reed, uh, you know, wide receiver there in the second round. It's like we they were not worried about anybody drafting him at that spot, so they kind of went back and got him. Um, but did you just uh, see right, the comment there by uh, John? He said Gibbs never had a thousand yard season in college. Is that true? Because if that's true, then that would be a little bit suspect, right? If the guy can't make it for yeah. a season, I don't, mm-hmm. that depends if he had a split backfield or something. I don't know that's the particulars true. of that. I don't. I don't have my notes. Uh, John, can you throw that in the comments if you know that by chance? <clears throat> yeah, I don't have it in. My, I don't have my notes readily handy. I'm gonna try to pull them up. But the thing that stood out to me, there was no other running back in this draft that I heard Greg Cosell rave over the way he did um, that running back. And he, the one thing that he did say was, "You could you could line him up in the X receiver position. Like he's that good of a receiver." And that really caught me off guard because I had never heard him talk about running backs quite like that. I don't want to waste too much time talking about the lines, but when we get on the next topic, I'll try. Uh, to I will say the Sam, Sam Laporta. I, I know what clip he's talking about. I saw the same thing and thought the exact same thing. I saw him run that route and I was like, Oh man, that was smooth. And that was, I always liked that guy. He was my, I think he might've been my favorite tight end in the draft. That was, that was my favorite. And as draft. soon as I saw that clip of him running in, in Detroit, it was like, that's exactly what I saw in college. Dang it. I hope he's not a really good. Tight <laughs> his, his, really, his yak is unreal just yeah, he just he's, seems he's to so just smooth he's kind of like aaron jones where for whatever reason like you don't you see him go into a gap and you're like he'll let him make it out of that and then he just yep. does and you're like why why does that happen how does that happen yeah james jackson here in the in the chat says love and Deguara have a connection so he'll probably have the best season of his career so far i'll tell you another connection he has is uh with aj Dillon, and i don't know if you guys caught on to it but i felt like rogers got irritated with aj Dillon several times last year and it's almost like he didn't trust A.J. in pass protection, this and that. You can tell uh, A.J. Dillon, DeGuara, and Jordan Love are attached at the hip. So I think there's definitely oh, yeah. going to be some chemistry there. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, let's see here. Uh, in the chat, John Dorn says, think Ford will start at safety. I hope he does. I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna paint a sign together with some cardboard on a stick, and I'm going to be marching out <laughs> behind Lambeau Field by myself. Because uh, I am the president – of the Rudy Ford fan club. And uh, that dude, if, if, if they don't put him in the starting lineup when they did last year, I have, I have a strong, strong belief that they would have finished bottom five defense. I mean, that dude was one of the only highlights of that defense last year, especially after Gary went out. So I, I hope he does start, but I'll tell you this, what they did do, they scatter shot it at safety, right? I mean, they, they went out and said, Hey, Jonathan Owens, Tarverius Moore, um, you know, obviously Savage is uh, getting paid more money than the president. Um, you got all these all these people, and he knows where he's at, by the way. But anyway, um, you got all these people that 
that they brung in, and it's kind of like, hey, let's let's open up a competition. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those uh, combinations start. But for me personally, I would want Rudy Ford. He knows the he knows the scheme now, and he's just one of those guys. He's a I don't want to call him a ball hawk, but that's another one that people don't understand, Ryan. That he's got some speed on him. He, I was shocked. He what did he say he ran? It was some ridiculous speed. He just threw it out there like, oh yeah, I, I run like a four three or something. Like, we were like, what? what? I just I just assumed you're like a four six guy. Like I don't know. Apparently he's some hyper athlete, super physical. It's like I don't know why. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic football player. I don't know what the red flags were that caused him to not be drafted, where you know higher or whatever. But um, I, I I think whatever the flags were, we, we've kind of alleviated those concerns. Yeah, absolutely. Tyler in the chat said, "Had the Giants Packers game from last season uh, from last season at NFL Network earlier today." And there was four plays in a row designed for Deguara, and two of them went for first downs, including a flat route that went for 16. So look at that, Tyler in here spitting facts. Man, that I'm used to make me mad. It seems like every single time that they tried to use Deguara, right. and I, I remember that one where it was, I th- God, I think it was against the Lions, where they just shoved him a little slant or something like that over the middle. Dude ran for like 60 yards. And he fights, everybody. man. He's, he's out there in a fist fight trying to get those extra yards. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the guy, personally. Yeah. So. I do too, man. I was happy to see him bring him back for sure. Um, all right, so John Dorn in the chat said Ford outperformed both of Green Bay's starting safeties by a significant margin. He had a 74.6 PFF grade ahead of Adrian Amos, 53.4, and Darnell Savage, 47.5. What's crazy about that 47.5, if I remember correctly, the only player that was lower than him in PFF grade, I think, was actually Jonathan Owens. So <laughs> I swear I think that was – when I seen it, I was like, is that the guy they signed? I'm pretty sure that's true. Somebody needs to fact check that. I, I actually think that's true. Yeah, I, I tried to plug um, that that's into crazy. one of our podcasts, and I saw that, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Goody's definitely got a top at safety. <laughs> he likes yeah. to great guys. He's, uh, um, he's like one of those girls. I just want to change him. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the way he said it too, Ron? Yeah, it was, was, it was just really – yeah. Uh, All right. really the chat says getting any veterans at this point that would be considered starters only stunts the growth of these young guys. And and that's kind of, you know, the installs already started. Right. So anybody you bring in, they've got to learn the system unless it's someone who's really, really familiar with it. You know, someone from like the Rams organization or or maybe the Niners. I think there's a, a little bit of difference even in defensive scheme between the Rams and Niners. But you, you hit the nail on the head there, Garrett. I agree. Um, it, I'm going to ask you, uh, this may be just a quick no, both of you guys, but if it ain't, you know, elaborate and tell me, is there anybody out there that you go, man, I would be happy if they signed him? Because I can't think of anyone right now. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Off the top of my head, no. Yeah. Jacob? Maybe if you have some random edge, just because I don't know what's going to look like in the start of the year. Um, yeah. You don't know if Garvin's going to show up? If, I don't, if Garvin's not there, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Johnny G. What are you doing? He said wide receiver vets is what he uh, – uh, Garrett said in the next comment, I would say no to wide receiver vets simply because you want all those rookies to uh, to make the team, and it's going to be really, really hard. I mean, at this point, you're just upgrading Bo Melton. Now, last year, we did carry seven last year. I personally think they may only carry six this year if Bo doesn't make the cut, and they can probably keep an extra safety because right now I don't know how all these safeties are going to make the team. You know, you would think Dallin Levitt's going to make the club, right? I mean, he's one of those special teams guys that they really depend on. Yeah. And we definitely don't want to just all of a sudden, you know, uh, neglect special teams. We finally got it to where it's uh, it's more like a steaming pile of crap and not hot garbage anymore, right? <laughs> so we're, uh, we're upgrading slowly but surely. Um, I was going to say, can I just say, everybody's like preaching that uh, – what's – the guy that we love, the special teamer, coach, Raiders guy. Come on. Rich Bisaccia. Oh, Bisaccia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody's like, he's so great. He's turned this, the, the whole organization around. We were like 30th last year, weren't we? No, they actually turned it around, right, Ryan? They, they were, there was an upgrade from the year yeah, before. Yeah, we, well, we started real horribly. And I know that because everybody was furious. Totally like, were like, this guy. Maybe 27th. Like, yeah. I, I, we were definitely better the second half, especially when Keyshawn took over because he wasn't our starting kick returner. So we were one of the we were I think probably no. dead last again to start the season. Yeah, well, but, I'm gonna tell um, you this: we got dude. better. We I'll look it up. We learned how to I love not have kicks blocked, and we can now hold field goals, bro. I'm I'm good with that. Like, come <laughs> right. on, are you kidding me? You know how mad I'd be if I, I was playing for much. Number one. And, the, and the holder dropped the ball. Come <laughs> at range clip. All right. Next here, uh, let's see. In the chat, this is John Dorn again. Packers only have about three mil to play with. Yeah, uh, there, there's no money there to go out and go on a crazy shopping spree. Obviously, and you got to, you got to kind of keep some insurance money there. Um, I think there's going to be maybe another restructure or two to free up a little bit of money where they feel a little more comfortable about what they got. Now, next year, there's a lot of things that could happen with Bach, and even post, post, you know, now that we're into June, um, there's some stuff that could happen with Bach as far as uh, whether you want to push money out or 
or whatever. You know, if you want to, if you want to not bring him back next year, you're freeing up roughly twenty million dollars, if I understood correctly. I haven't dove too deep into it yet, but yeah, they don't have a whole lot of money to play with, that's for sure. Uh, let's do this, guys. Let's move on to one of the other questions here, and um, let's go to this. Comes from uh, Top Guns Ice Man. I'm glad he's in the chat with us. That's pretty cool. Um, he said, let's talk about Cynthia Freeland's NFC North win projections. Uh, she doesn't have a single team in the North winning 10 games. I don't think the division is that weak. Um, you know, I, I can understand why you would feel that way. Uh, what I did was I couldn't find Cynthia's, all of Cynthia's numbers. I did find Green Bay's numbers, uh, you know, through Cynthia. She is expecting Green Bay to win six and a half games. I do have the Vegas win totals, though, which it sounds like she was pretty close to them. Detroit coming in at nine and a half wins, Minnesota eight and a half, Chicago seven and a half, and Green Bay seven and a half. When you hear those numbers, Ryan, does anything pop out to you? you go, no, nah, they got that wrong. Or do you think those are pretty on, on par with the information we have right now? So real quick, just because I want to get Jacob his answer. According to DVOA, we were 18th on the season for special teams. <laughs> From week eleven on, we were second. Boom! Oh, yeah. there you go. Okay, I'm sorry, Rick. <laughs> Enjoy your mansion. Now, um, <laughs> as far as the the season wins, wow. I I think I'm more interested in the the argument. I think you can make an argument for just about anything. You can make an argument for the Packers sail into the playoffs, no problem, and and I can buy it. You can make an argument that we are dead last in the division, and I'll buy it. My my biggest issue generally is that the arguments are garbage. And they don't make any sense. Um, so I, I'd be curious how she came to that conclusion. Uh, I didn't. I saw that it was a video. I was hoping I could just read what she said, but I'd have to go back and watch it. But I tried to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I but it wasn't as crap. No, I, I, I don't know. I just I haven't heard too many thoughtful reasons behind. Like I said, I think uh, the draft dudes or whatever. I listened to them. They did a great job. They they actually went back and watched tape and they knew the whole roster. They actually knew the guys' names, which yeah. is impressive for national guys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and they, they came to it. They came, it is. Yeah. They, they came to a, a rational conclusion about stuff, but um, I don't know. I think you can make a good, good argument for a lot of things, but um, that's probably not where I would come down on it in terms of if I had to just completely guess where we'd be, it'd probably be a little higher than that. Yeah. Jacob. Uh I'm not going to pretend like I don't think it's wide open, which I do. Uh, actually, John Dorn just said that division's wide open. Um, just because I, I, our defense, like I said, could be amazing. I, I hope it'll be amazing. Our offense is such an unknown. Uh, like Ryan always says, Jordan loves an unknown, therefore he's bad. No, that's not how that works. Um, right. That's just basically a coin flip. So, And we've seen – I think it's more than a coin flip because when you really put him against – what would people say were maybe his two best starts or I shouldn't say starts, but about games, the Eagles and the chiefs, pretty good teams guys. Like I would think that like, right. if that's our sample size, okay, cool. Maybe we, we have a little more hope than non, you know, but that being said, I, I, I think the lions could be sneaky. Good. I think the bears are going to be a dirt bag sack of garbage that rots in the <laughs> sun. Um, but you know what? Uh, that's fine. And the Vikings are the Vikings. They'll probably be eight and eight and everybody thinks they're great. They'll probably score like the most points somehow, but like not have a defense again. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't, yeah. I'm not worried. I think that um, 10 wins is our floor next year. And I'm going to sit on that and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm planting my flag, Jordan love 10 to 12 wins first year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
she came in at six and a half for for Green Bay. I personally, I would take the over there off of her number. Now the seven and a half Vegas has got. I feel like that's that's pretty spot on. Now here's the thing: turnover differential is what's really going to determine whether they they overperform this year. If Jordan Love protects the football the way Aaron has in previous years, um, you know, not last year obviously, but if he finishes with Aaron's numbers from last year and the defense improves, and I'm not talking top five defense like the freaking local media convinced us last camp. Hopefully that doesn't start up soon. But if they improve slightly, the special team stabilizes like we showed in the uh, in the last you know part of the season there. And you know Keyshawn Nixon being your your full time kick returner guys, that's going to be huge. That's going to be freaking that is huge. huge. Yeah. yeah, I mean that I I have a hard time believing with the field position and potentially hitting a home run or two. If he had started at kick return, you know all season long, we probably would have won at least one or two more games. We really would have. I, I believe yeah. that. Um, just field position alone is just is so important. Those invisible yards that we talk about. Can I ask one question here? Yeah. Another little curveball. Did you happen to see that interview? I can't remember who did it with Christian Watson asking him about the initial long bomb that he dropped on week one. No, talk to us. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. So they basically said that they had been practicing that going into uh, the season that they're like, we're going to, we're going to throw this. And he was so sure that they were going to do it. And he was so confident in himself, like the whole drop thing, like, I think we saw afterwards why he was so confident. He was like, I'm not going to drop this. And when he did, you remember, you see, it was so, it was like, he didn't drop it. He put his hands there perfectly. It just smacked right off. And then he just immediately was like, I knew it. You know what I mean? Like, and that exactly shows um, what I've said. And I really do. I I will stand on this hill uh, till I die that if he catches that ball, that a different year. season, man. It's a different yeah. season. Not even close to the same. Right. It sounds silly, it's but it's just not. true. Yep, no, I agree. Because imagine Christian Watson's confidence week one going forward and Aaron Rodgers' confidence in him. And we saw what that looked like in a three right. or four-week span when he did trust him and when Christian had that confidence. The dude literally outscored any other wide receiver in the league. Unbelievable. Yep. So. Yep, Definitely. All right, we got in the chat here. Garrett says Clayton needs to tell Cameron Diaz to go easy on the hair gel next time with the Bohawk. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, something about Mary, boy. Hey, My Brett Favre is in that. It's Brett Favre <laughs> playing. I'm in town. I'm in town for the Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. I'll just go ahead and say it. I'll address this right now. I've got hair like a bear, okay? Like it's so thick on my head. That if I don't do this, I look like a Q-tip. Like it would, it's you got to harness it, dude. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's uh, I'd rather it be like this than going bald, uh, just personally. But hey, hey you got to, you know. And the other thing too, man, you got to make this. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm, sorry. I'm getting there. Listen, you've when you've got a head as fat as mine, right? <laughs> you've got to try to make it look a little taller, okay? And uh, like I've said before, Mandy's got, you know, baby pictures of me. She said I look like a tadpole. So, (laughs) and it hasn't changed much. At least she said tadpole. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Badger Trio in the chat says, Reed's going to turn out to be the steal of the draft calling it now. I'm, dude, I'm completely on board. You guys seen I did a two-part series, Chalk Talk. actually did one earlier today. Jaden Reed's, uh, he's a beast. Um, I don't know, Ryan, man. I'm so embarrassed with myself that that caught me so off guard. Right, I haven't gone same. back and watched our draft coverage, but I know I'm going to be embarrassed when I see me going, who? 
Who? Yeah. And then I go watch the 2021 tape, and I'm like, holy cow, dude. And lining up in the X, lining up in the Z, uh, I, I think I found four plays today where he was in the slot. He's all over the field. Jet sweep, too. Where you see the way the coverage plays him every single game. Is he If he's on the boundary, they're 10 yards off the ball. They respected yeah. his speed so much. And just his ability – to have aggressive eyes through the catch. I'm telling you, dude, it, I didn't see it from Dobbs last year. I didn't even see it from Christian Watson, although he, we, you know, he had that fantastic, you know, uh, kind of spurt there at the end of the year. Uh, you, I didn't see it with Cobb. I didn't see it with Lazard. This dude, when he catches the football, granted it was college. I get it. I completely understand that. But when he catches the football, man, I mean, the second he secures that catch, he is looking to embarrass somebody. There yeah. was one or two plays where he had 14 yards of yak and broke like four or five tackles. And it was just – it was unbelievable. I'm talking about shaking off linebackers, Ryan. Ragdolling yeah. linebackers through arm tackles. Um, y'all going to have to talk me back, dude, because I'm telling you, I am so excited about this, dude. It's not even funny. Well, and, and it's funny because it was it was almost live in our draft coverage because we all did that. We all just basically said, like, I don't, I don't get it. Who is this guy? Like, just super ticked. But I immediately went back and, like I did with everybody, started watching some clips and – I just immediately was like, holy crap, like how is he not and, and I didn't want to be a homer about it because it's like, oh yeah, because you just drafted him. But I was mad because on my list of guys to cover, I think he was like one of the next guys on the list and I never got a chance to watch him. But it's like, I swear, man, this would have been one of my top guys for sure. He is such a I mean, I I, I immediately fell in love. I will say Musgrave and Lucas Van Ness are starting to get me a little bit jacked up in terms of like the gears are starting to turn a little bit on maybe what what could pot- potentially happen especially with Dobbs having a good camp and everything but um he has been for sure my my top guy and and I nothing I think nothing aside from uh hyping up Justin Fields will get me angrier than when everybody tries to relegate him as our slot guy everyone's yes. like oh yeah he'll he'll be the slot and then no 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 don't give me that crap dude he he yep. is the number 2 guy I mean he, he's like a Tyler Lockett or something he he is that dude he'll be inside fine but he's also going to be outside He's maybe a number two, if not our number one wide receiver on this team, and I, I, I would yeah. almost be surprised if that's not the case by starting next year. Yeah, and I, and I'm kind of looking at it from a deployment standpoint that I personally feel like it it makes all the sense in the world for Christian Watson to be the X primarily, yeah, and right. for Jaden Reed to be the Z. And you know, in that Z role, you when you use Z motion and he slides inside, you can run jet sweeps out of Z. All those things you want your most athletic. You want the guy that that defenses fear the most in that Z spot. That's what I see him as as a Z receiver. That's what after watching all the tape, breaking down seventeen plays. That's what I came up with. We may end it here in a minute if we got time. I want to show y'all a few jump balls too. Um, yeah. If we got a chance, we may do that. Um, let's finish up the chat here real quick. Uh, you know. Just a couple, you know, here, John Johnson's cheap uh, on the market. Tyler also says, uh, wouldn't mind Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, that might be a, a decent one, J, uh, JPP there for a, an edge defender. Of course, that edge room, like I said, I, I personally feel like it's going to be hard like to that. trim that down the way it is, you know. Yeah. Um, the Badger Trio said, I really feel we will see the true offense. Let me put this up here real quick. We'll dive into this real quick. I really feel we'll see the true offense Matt loves to run. we got so much speed to do it. And I feel Rodgers seem to check out of Matt's plays often. You know, it's funny because I mentioned this on the pod yesterday too. There, uh, Badger Trio. Um, you know, there was a comment that came out. I believe it was David Bakhtiari. I played the soundbite on the pod where he said 
that he's got the ability to check in and out of plays and this and that. He He's going to be checking in and out of plays the same way Rodgers did. It wasn't like Rodgers was just up there going, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. They've got keys. They've got hat counts, especially in the RPO look. I think you're still going to see that. And we've just got to be patient. When he checks into the wrong thing, we've got to be like, okay, there's going to be growing pains with that. This is his first year starting. But what I'm really excited about, though, is him being a little more conservative and leaning on the run. I really hope he approaches it that way, um, personally. Um, Ryan, anything you want to say there, man, as far as, uh, you know, he, he, you know, like like Badger Trio was saying, he feels like Matt will run the offense he wants to run because he definitely has more speed this year. Tight end, wide receiver, all the way across the board, right? I, I tend to agree, partially because, like you said, we're going to see more 12 personnel and partially because I think Love will be more hesitant to change the plays a ton. Um, I think he'll be more likely to to kind of go with what's called before he feels more comfortable saying, okay, I see this in the defense. Let's make this adjustment. That would be my thought, especially early on. Yeah, absolutely. Jacob? So what I can do right now is if I'm coming at this from a fantasy football aspect, which is you know what I do here, um, you got to draft Jaden Reed. You got to draft Christian Watson because these guys are falling so just a random uh, thing. They don't give them a lot of respect whatsoever. Luke Musgrave, you can get him in like the seventh round. I mean, you can get a lot of these guys, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, um, even guys like Dontavian Wicks, like when it's in the absolute dead of your dead, uh, if you do a best ball draft, grab him. Why not grab him? Because he's one injury away from being the number one receiver in, 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 in Green Bay. And same with Luke Musgrave, same with Aaron Jones and Aaron uh, A.J. Dillon. There's no reason to think that these guys couldn't possibly come out to be I, I don't want to say the best rushing, you know, league, but it would make sense, wouldn't it? Randomly, if we have a new quarterback, we have an unsure system, and we want to lean on what's heavy. What do we have that's heavy here? We have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. We know that if we give these guys the ball, they're going to get at least enough yards to probably get us a first down almost every single play. Um, especially Aaron Jones, he's such a freak, right? So when you look at that, and you look at what it's um, when these guys are getting projected drafting in fantasy football per se it's really not even close. Like it, it, the whole green Bay Packers team is a bargain buy right now for fantasy football. Grab your, your main starters first, you know, the guys that are the, the, the go-tos, but then pepper in green Bay Packers on your back half of your roster for anything you had, because these guys could blow up in an insane amount. And you have no idea, you know, Romeo Dobbs could be, he could be the number one receiver this year. You don't know that yeah. if you get him in your like 14th round of your best ball league, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, absolutely. All right. In the chat here, John Dorn says the vision is wide open. We kind of hit on that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if either any of these four teams come away with the division. Like, even if the Bears won the division, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. They were hot garbage last year. I get it. Nothing surprises me in the NFL anymore. It really doesn't. Um, Mike in the chat says two numbers to look for next season 35 and 20. And he said the uh, the reason being is he he said the first number is 35 touchdown passes and the second is 20 interceptions. He's new uh, to to going to be Favre, but he won't be Rodgers either. High variance, uh, many touchdowns and many interceptions. I think those are if if you told me he throws 35 touchdowns and 20 interceptions, I'd be okay with that. Um, I think 35 is a little on the high side, but I think the interceptions are too. I think more yeah. like 30, 12, 30, 14 ish. If yeah. if he's in that range then I wouldn't be surprised if we win 10 games. I really, really wouldn't. Um, Andy wow. Monday in the chat says, any interest in Chris Wormley, the defensive lineman formerly of Pittsburgh? When it comes to D-line, man, I, I know this is a lazy answer. I just want Devontae Wyatt out there every every freaking snap, dude. I want to see what he can what he can do 
on this defensive front. I'm going to try to rattle. His... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just and the young guys. We got some. Um, uh, if I wasn't mistaken, who's the big guy? Carl Brooks, I believe. And um, who was the uh, Wooden? Is that his Colby name? Wooden. Yeah, yep. Colby, Colby Wooden. He was taking number one snaps from what I heard um, from Andy yeah. Herman's podcast. So yeah. just it's good. Good to see. I mean, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. John Dorn in the chat says number two wide receivers wide open should get interesting. Um, yep. Elevated shine. My hair is thinning. It, it <laughs> like it throws up after I wash it. <laughs> yeah. So keep making fun of my gel in the chat. You freak. <laughs> Over. Uh, <laughs> Tyler says uh, let's, let's hope, but not put expectations of Reed being number two or number one right away. And I think that's a fair comment Tyler I mean it, it takes some time and and they're definitely hesitant on those young players you know um you want to try try to work them into the scheme as much as you can Rob in the chat says I assume that Watson going to be our number one this year and Dobbs will be the number two what are y'all's thoughts I think that that's a very 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 fair um uh, prediction there it, and you've seen it in OTAs it kind of feels like Dobbs is going to be that number two guy off the bat do you agree Ryan or do you do you hope they push uh, Jaden Reed for, for now yes yeah, that's one and two we'll see kind of how that evolves as time goes on yeah absolutely all right Tyler in the chat says because uh, if he doesn't reach that people will kill the kid I don't know man I I didn't feel like well I almost said I didn't feel like they killed Tay, but they did kill Tay. You're exactly right. <laughs> they destroyed Tay over drops. So I can understand that that angle for sure. Um, it's Packers uh, King on the second account. Ten will have uh, 35 touchdowns and 20 is what Mike oh, said that, again. That's so. Mike Hebring. We know Mike. Yeah. Mike's well, OG. Mike's OG. Yeah. And then Goat Mike says, uh, I got I got everything Packers, including the show. Like prison <laughs> Mike? <laughs> is that prison Mike? <laughs> You got prison mic and goat mic. I think I'll push you up against the wall, Biatch. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm going to share the screen here, boys. I'm going to kind of find it for you real quick. You've got to see it. What's that? Did you say something? No. no? Okay. All right. I'm going to try to find us something here. I want you to see a, a couple of plays real quick. And this is Jaden Reed for those of you listening on the pod. Um, I want to comb out a couple of them that were just absolutely phenomenal. Let me see if I can hunt them down here. Gosh, I know I had it. I had it outlined earlier. There was there was a couple plays just in traffic where he annihilated the defense. Um, let me see. This is good podcasting here, right here. Say something smart, Jacob, while I find this play, man. Say something. I enjoy pickles. No, there you go. Oh, That's all I got. That's all I <laughs> Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. All right. So there'd be the fourth play, third quarter, eight fifty-five. Let me see if I can find this timestamp. This is this is freaking awesome. Fourth play, eight fifty-five. Timestamp right here. Okay. Watch this play right here. Um. Okay. So you've got a. Uh, yeah, this is it. All right. Third quarter, 855 left. It's an 11 pistol, Y right, slot motion left, play action screen, Z smoke. So he's going to be playing Z up here up top, and I want you to watch him on this smoke, okay? What they're basically going to do is set up a screen. He's going – now look how far off this guy's playing, right? Oh. You, you guys can see the screen, right, Ryan? What is that, a Joe Barry defense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Now, now, this is what I want you to focus on. They did this all season long. Look at the bottom. They're snug. 
But over Jaden, uh-uh, uh, he ain't burning me, dude. Absolutely not. So what they're going to do is run a smoke screen. So Jaden is supposed to just step back and catch a screen. The tight end is going to come out here and block. I'm going to go ahead and warn you guys. You're going to have two offensive linemen and a tight end to block this side, and everybody craps the bed. They don't block <laughs> a single person. I want you to watch what Jaden really does here. So you see the motion, right? They're going to do a play-action screen. Dump it. Now watch this. This is a linebacker. Look at this dude. Ragdoll. Look at that. Oh Look at God. that linebacker, bro. Now watch <laughs> this. So that guy misses his block, right? This guy whiffs on his block. So watch Jaden. Little little stiff arm, little little baby stiff arm like Marshawn Lynch. Now watch this. Whoop. Bro, wow. you're talking about 14 yards after the catch and made like four defenders miss. That's yeah, the stuff got, that gets me excited. He's got that punt returner's mentality. He's a, a catch is never enough. Yeah. That's just the start. No, he, he really does, dude. It's funny you said that because this, just a this. few plays later, let's see if we can find it here. I think I've got it right here. Yeah, yeah watch this. Here's Jaden on the punt return. Yep. Look, look for he had to go back. I think if I counted this right, this was 75 yards in the air. Jeez. Now Jeez. Look, look, look at him having to go backwards and watch this. Wow. Watch him. Just so fluid, dude. Reset on me there. Yeah, look, you don't care. Look, now watch this right here. Wow. He he should be dead right here, right, guys? Look look at this. All these defenders that's got He's this got angle. An angle. Now watch him. Look at this angle and look. Kicks it up. Now watch right here. Boom. He's gone, dude. Next gear. Yes, bro. I it, I'm telling you, I I could do this all night, but I want to show you these jump balls real quick. This is where it gets really good. So you've seen him breaking tackles, right? You've seen him in the punt return game and all that. Look at this right here, man. Let's see. Oh, here here's another good one. Just real quick, caught a quick pass. Look, one two defenders, right? Here comes a third defender, right? Now watch this. Here comes oh a fourth God. defender. <laughs> like half the team had to bring him down. It's crazy. Yep. All right, so here comes the jump ball. It's kind of hard to see. I know there's snow, snow on the field here, but watch this right here, man. Bang. You get a better angle right here. And this is just all hands. This is high point. Jump out the gym and make the catch. Look at that. Look, look at the defender couldn't have played it any better. Look at the and hand. He doesn't. He doesn't push off. He he mm -mm. he plays that a hundred percent correctly. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Long hands and, and it was pass interference too. Yep. Right. Look at this right here. Another jump ball. Trying to go slow enough for you boys. Look at that one handed. And that's the number twelve team in the country. There, Pitts. Right. Here's a better angle. Let me scroll down for you. People on the pot are going, you're driving me crazy. It's okay, though. We're just <laughs> geeking out right now. Look at this again. Good throw, but look at that, man. The concentration. This dude's got hands, bro. Yep. Grab. Look at that. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, got everything. I I'm so embarrassed that I missed this, dude. So embarrassed. All right, here we go again. Another jump ball. Notice the score, too. Look. They're down by five points, only two minutes left in the game. Well, three minutes left in the game. When the game's on the line, think play or not play. Look who they're going to. Oh, yeah. Boston. Number 12 pit. Right? Well, that's why, and that's why even though 5'11 isn't necessarily that short, but that's why that was not much of a consideration. He can go up and get it, and he's just as physical as anybody else, so the size was not a consideration because of the, the way that he plays the game. Yeah. And you could tell, dude, look at this. Like, Look at, it, look at the quarterback. Like, I cannot yeah, wait to see Jordan yeah. Love and this dude create some chemistry, man. You yep. can tell his teammates love him. It, it's just awesome. And this right here is my favorite part. Look, whose girlfriend's that? She's like, what? 
serious right now? You know, you know who he reminds me of, and I, I maybe I said this too early. That's a she. That's not a he. That's a she. That's oh, you not that. what I'm saying, Clayton. <laughs> you don't know that. It's 2023. Yeah. It's 2023. <laughs> Stop it. Go ahead. Uh, he he's Steve Smith, bro. He's so physically like. Remember how Steve Smith just like he's so small, but he had just this level of base on him where like nobody could bring him down. And like you, you cannot arm tackle that guy. And it seems like that's the same thing. He will pinball off of you if you try to arm tackle him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I asked Justin to make me a P, uh, a Packers total access graphic for this right here. Just to, just to have her looking right miserable. Um, and what's crazy is that was pass interference too. Like the DB got called for pass interference on that play too and wow. still brung it down. So, and then the last one here, the last angle, anyway, look at this. Oh, that's right, Badger. Badger Bro. Trio reminds us that the uh, Reed got the game-winning touchdown versus the Badger last year. That's true. I lost money yep. on that game. Somebody cool. was talking about that the other day. <laughs> anyway, we geeked out a little bit. I had to do it, man. Um, that, was the, that was the most enjoyable chalk talk I've ever done, man. It was so much fun watching that dude. That's it cool. was – and I, I – Again, I'm not going to be surprised if he, if you know, by midseason he's the number one wide receiver. Um, but again, I, you know, we got to kind of bring him on, you know, as we can. Let's do this. The last thing that we had, uh, the last question we had, as far as what we were supposed to be on script covering, was actually pertaining to the rivalry, right? So as Ryan eats his cheeseburger over there, let's look at this real quick. <laughs> um, so. All right. This was Rob in the chat. He said, yes. Can we reconsider the rivalry with the Bears? Um, I live in Minnesota where Vikings fans think they're our rival. Maybe they are now uh, because, honestly, holding on to a rivalry like the Bears is like holding a grudge against something we're not going to say. Maybe it's time for a worthier, more competent opponent. Um, so let me ask you guys this as we wrap up. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a casual question, but it is what it is. Who is the biggest rival? For the Green Bay Packers. You know, I think the two teams that come to mind initially for me, and if it's different for you guys, it's totally cool, is Minnesota and Chicago. Ryan, which one's a bigger rival? Chicago Bears or Minnesota Vikings? I mean, I, I as, as silly as it sounds, I don't think we can rule out Detroit because they're honestly the team I'm probably most scared to play. They, they yeah. play us the hardest <laughs> every year. They're one of the hardest to beat. The Bears are a – I mean, I, I get that there's like some historic thing with the Bears. It's been a joke. So depending on what your d definition of a rivalry is, I don't think there's too many that you could fit Bears-Packers in that actually fits that definition. So yep. if I had to pick, it would be the Vikings, but I really think um, the Lions have been one of the toughest teams in the division that we've faced over the last several years. So they should be in consideration probably over the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Jacob? Well, um, I did not expect Ryan to give that answer, but I would have to give the Minnesota Vikings. I live in Hudson, Wisconsin. If you guys know where that is, you take literally, I can throw a stone across the St. Croix River, which then bleeds into the Mississippi, which separates, you know, obviously the half of the uh, United States. So basically um, the Vikings are within a stone's throw away from me. So therefore I grew up with the most idiotic, dumb, you know what? Viking fans just telling you every year, oh, it's going to be so good again. We've got Kirk Cousins and we've got Dante Culpepper, you know. And so you, you, I grew up in in grade school where like if you wore a Packers, you know, like a starter jacket, which I got still, mm. um, you got made fun of by like half of your classmates because they're simply just right there. So in my personal opinion, from where I live, logistically, I hate the Vikings so much. And then from there, it'd be the the Bears. 
vi- the lions are um used to be a it's funny when i moved to nashville and lived there for a few years i met more lions fans in my life than i had ever met in the history like i i could not believe how many weird random lion fans were just randomly running around tennessee so i don't know clayton what the hell <laughs> i i ain't my i met kid rock uh at his bar and his brother is like a diehard Lions fan and we got into like a heated one hour <laughs> conversation about why uh anyways there was um, no alcohol was involved right none never no, oh, no absolutely not no, no. Yeah. <laughs> rob in the chat says minnesota and detroit and then um let's see here the badger trio said for me it's the vikings i just can't stand them and then he went on to say uh more so vikings seem to love to sign old packers just to stick it to us i'll tell you this I've been to Packers uh, Bears games. I've been to Packers Vikings game. The Bears fans that I've interacted with at the ball game have been very respectful, and they respectful. respect the history. That's just been my experience. It's may Vikings not be the fans are dogs, bro. Dude, they are Vikings not fans, nice people. I have I've, never, I've watched them kick the leg out of a child before. I've seen that. I have never. I've never met a group of people that that are so braggadocious and haven't won a freaking thing. Like it cracks me up. I'm like, and when, when we went to the, it was Packers Vikings, Monday night football. It was Aaron Rodgers' very first start right at Lambeau field. And we had these Vikings fans sitting next to us. It was a young couple. And he had like the, the authentic, you know, $250 Jared Allen Jersey on. Right. And we're just, you know, whatever. So, by the end of the game, he's chanting "Go Pack Go" with us, right? <laughs> and he actually took his Jared Allen jersey off. He was drunk as a skunk, obviously. <laughs> he threw his Jared Allen jersey onto the field, and the girl that was with him—I guess it was his girlfriend—shoved him down to where he face planted and walked out. She went down to the railing and asked the security guard, "Will you hand me that jersey?" She took the jersey and left. And he's up there chanting "Go Pack Go" with us. He don't know where he's no. at. He's so blackout drunk, right? <laughs> And then by the end of the game, as soon as the game's over, it's just like, yeah. And he went, did y'all see where she went? Like, he had, <laughs> he, he, The last thing I heard him say as me and Mandy walked up the bleachers was he said, I don't know how I'm getting back to Minnesota. But he, that was his oh, ride no. as she left him, bro. But they were they were pretty obnoxious. I, for me, it's definitely the Vikings, just personally. And King of the Hill said the same thing. It's Vikings for him. So we're at an hour and six minutes. We went a little over, but I wanted to hit on every one of the comments in the chat. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Let's wrap this big bear up. Ryan, anything you want to say as we uh, we get ready to uh, – I guess we got another OTA coming up soon, right? Am I thinking right? Yeah, we got one more week, so we should get one more day of coverage. Um, then it's going to be sadness for a little bit of a while, but – um, I think, as I mentioned on tomorrow's podcast a little bit, as much as it's nice to kind of get a taste and I wish I could be grateful for it, it's just making me want more of a taste. So I can't wait until we come back and get some pads on and see these guys get at it. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see what they can do on the field. Yeah. There, there's not a draft pick or an addition this year that I feel like are going to be slower with pads on. That's what I'm excited about. I yeah. think that you're going to see some separation between Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed on the field, just from what I've seen on tape, they look so fast in full gear. What about you, Jacob? Oh man, I'm just, um, like I said, been excited for this new era of Packer football. As far as the um, fantasy aspect, if you guys want to maybe tune into the PFP, we're going to try to do probably some mock drafts, um, do some best ball stuff. Uh, Actually, while I was sitting here, I had Tony and Paul and Justin be like, why are we invited to the live stream? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) we're going to try to get something together, maybe hopefully tomorrow and just try to crank out, you know, a couple things it's um it's good right this time if you can get into a lot of best ball leagues this is where you can get 
a lot of your um, sneaky money, man. Because if you know early and a, a competition closes like certain sort of backups and uh, second stringers that may become first stringers, again, like basically the whole Packers roster, draft them late in your league kind of thing. Anyways, we'll be talking about that on the PFP podcast. So. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's time. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me, man. It always makes the show so much more enjoyable. Appreciate everybody in the chat. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. To left to restart the game. And this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole hard. He's to the 25 Dixon is off to the races. It's Secretary of Belmont.